Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. What a show we're going to have for you tonight. So much to say. The fallout is happening right here. There is such an investigation going on that we're giving you 90 minutes of West Ham show tonight, 7 to 8.30. So plenty of time for you to have your say. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. You can WhatsApp on the same number. So make sure you get in touch. We're going to be looking, obviously, the disappointing Leicester game. West Brom on the weekend. Billich's return. I know our very own James Jones is saying maybe the worst performance he's ever seen from West Ham. But uh, I have to say, not sure if he goes a lot. I mean, do you go, do you go to games, James? Do you watch them on the TV? Or do you just read the updates on the website? I love you now. I've been a Celtic for 25 years, man. 25 years? 25 years. And that's the worst you've seen? Uh, well, I've been thinking about it Two since. Two relegations. And, and even Will. And even Will went, surely not. <laughs> He brought up the 5 nil defeat at Nottingham Forest, but that was our youth team, really, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I genuinely can't think of what, I mean, there's been so many, they all just kind of blend into one. Yeah, because I mean, Saturday was the most recent one that was the worst and when you pointed out it was like, with our virtually our strongest team as well I was like, oh, yeah. yeah fair enough yeah I mean it was terrible I mean it was it was West Brom's second third string, team yeah, yeah. second string third string well I, um, I do feel like we've we've done well at our plan to start the show in a positive upbeat manner James like we agreed before I know <laughs> yeah as we're walking in right, yeah. should we have a positive yeah, one this week yeah. Come on. well, yeah. well quickly on a positive can I just say it may be 2020 but West Ham are staying the same Will Pugh what a delightful uh, you've got a bit of a colour about you at the minute you've got a bit of a tan he's looking glorious he's growing his barnet he's wearing a, a beautiful green uh, like polo neck absolutely yeah. delicious that's all, that's all I've got left to hold on to mate is my 
my skiing tan. That's about it. The rest, the rest of me just falling apart. <laughs> well, I get to enjoy it for 90 minutes. Like I said, on the show, we're going to be talking about those two games, a little bit of transfer business, then looking ahead to seeing that possibly there is some light at the end of the tunnel. West Ham need points. I'm glad they've got the world, European and the league leaders, Liverpool, uh, tomorrow night. And then Brighton on the weekend. Just <laughs> James gives me another not-so-good look. But then a positive on the show, it is, of course, the Rogue Players West Ham Mystery Players quiz. That will be a good one, I'm sure. Yeah, 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 literally, yeah. yeah. James, what's up? I'm worried about you, mate. Just because of his jumper? <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, unbelievable. unbelievable. I thought, you I said it was a positive start. Just so we didn't wear the polo next time. Because <laughs> yeah, I wore a polo exactly. next We both wore yeah. polo next last time. Matching outfits. Yeah. I, yeah, thought, I thought, no, I wore that In last time. In the clothing Tuesday, states, so. though, Wills won tonight, 1 0, definitely. There's nothing yeah. wrong with my jumper. I didn't say that, there was, I just said Wills won. That's all I've got as well. We discovered earlier on that after James's shambles of a start to the fantasy football season, he's somehow pulled that out of the bag and he's given me an absolute schooling. He's beat me at the quiz 8 5. Yeah. I've literally got nothing else on him. Now Charlie, we're talking so. positive. Keep going. If he starts wearing better clothes than me as well, then that really is the end for me. <laughs> well, that is it. Uh, they're not wearing matching jumpers tonight, of course, but like I said, Will is winning in the clothing stakes. Maybe we'll do a segment on that in the future because we're starting to struggle to talk about yeah. football. Let's go back a little bit before we get into the West Brom game, before we talk about the horror that you both saw. It was Leicester. It was it was a bit of a nightmare as well. 4-1 this time at their place. We know the reverse fixture this season was the game in which Pellegrini got sacked afterwards. Leicester put out a second string team then. What happened in the week last week, James? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think we said on the show, didn't we, that I think we were we were half expecting that result. Uh, it's, I mean, we played, we had that good fifteen minute spell in the second half, didn't we? And we got the goal, we got the penalty. Um, but the problem is, you know, it's all very well having fifteen minute good spells, but unless you're actually going to capitalise and and make make it, you know, worth your while, then you're going to get beaten by a very very good Leicester team. They've been superb this year. We said mm. that last week, didn't we? Um, it, it's frustrating, but just quickly, from, sorry to just pull you up. When you said that fifteen-minute spell, do you think honestly? Do you think it was a fifteen-minute good spell or a fifteen-minute spell of not being absolutely turgid, which we're getting I, I used think, to recently? I, I think that was that's probably it. You know, I think you know we we have been incredibly poor for weeks now. That you know, um, a fifteen-minute spell where we're not incredibly poor and we're <laughs> just a little bit rubbish um, actually is a positive. Um, which is, you know, which uh, you, you felt you, you got, we got the penalty. And we thought, okay, because we can see that that second goal late in the first half, which is always a bit of a, a bit of a killer when you you go in two nil mm-hmm. down rather than one nil, um, makes it seem a little bit harder to come back. But we got the early goal in the second half, and you thought, okay, oh, maybe maybe we can. Um, but obviously, it didn't happen, and they get two goals in the last ten minutes to to make it look a lot worse than you know perhaps it it was really, but. I mean, they're a fantastic side, Leicester, um, and I think they didn't have to be. Though, they didn't did have they? to be. But they didn't have to be. Yeah, what, but we've, third gear? we've just not been great, um, and it's that's been, that's been a story for weeks now. So I, I wasn't surprised at all. You wasn't surprised, obviously. Will you're saying it wasn't necessarily 50 minutes a good play; it was just 50 minutes where maybe West Ham weren't as bad as they were previously <laughs> in the game. What is worrying then at the minute? I know we're saying let's be positive, but why are we seeing this this torrid run of form and, and nothing really is quite coming off? It's just it is. We will sound like broken records, Charlie, don't we? But it's, it's just such a toxic environment. The club is getting worse and worse and worse. I think I, I was thinking the same thing was happening to Bournemouth not too long ago, mm. and and then you obviously had that they they had that win out of nowhere, didn't they? I think it was Watford at home. I think they beat and it was Brighton, wasn't it? Might have been. Sorry, it yeah. was Brighton. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and yeah, that sort of came out of nowhere, and you thought, oh blimey, I really didn't see that coming. I thought mm. they were on a slide with us, like, just hurtling towards nothingness. 
And again, I, the only hope you've got is that we get a result like that. I, obviously, it's not going to happen against Liverpool. And we've got Brighton coming up. We've got Liverpool again and Man City in our next five games or whatever it is. So I think unlike unlike Bournemouth, where they had that win against Brighton, who have got a bad game in them. They look all right, Brighton, but they've got a bad game in them. Mm. I think we're pinning our hopes on the fact that Brighton will have a bad game against us and we just get a win that no one sees coming out of nowhere. Because so you, you dance in the line, or I'm certainly dancing the line between sounding like a boring, negative, dour, miserable, broken record, mm. which is exactly what I am. But And trying to find, and trying to be realistic and maintain a bit of integrity by saying, of course we're not going to beat Liverpool, Manchester City. Like James touched on it earlier. We had a virtually a full-strength team out against West Brom. Virtually a full-strength team. And it was woeful. It took the first yeah, 80th minutes of our first shot on target. Mm. And fans celebrated like we'd scored. Yeah. Because <laughs> it yeah, was just like, well, this is getting silly now. We might as well just find the positives. But, but Honestly, mate, it's just, what do you say? What do you say at this stage? It's been weeks and weeks and weeks. The first few... Mm. The first few weeks when it all started, there was things to talk about with Pellegrini and we were saying, right, come on, make a change now. The change has been made now. That new manager boost just absolutely well, just in, invisible. wasn't even a thing, was it? We didn't get any of that. I know you so, people will say about Bournemouth, <laughs> and I know you're giggling to <laughs> it yourself. It really annoys you that we beat Bournemouth 4-0, didn't it? Well, it don't, but I said it after the game, and you called me a snooze merchant, I think, <laughs> after I said, well, can everyone calm down a bit because it was only Bournemouth. I, don't, I didn't want to be proved wrong, mm. but it is. And you, what are we going to get out of the next four games? Do you know what I mean? Well, I hope, I hope we, we, there is more to say in, in, in fear of sounding like broken records because we have got a 90-minute show, so we're <laughs> going to need to dig a little bit deeper. But, Will, you said uh, it's, it's a comparison you're making with Bournemouth, but one I want to make now, you said Burnley, they're definitely going down a few weeks back uh, when West Ham played them. Now, they've got two wins out of the blue. They beat Leicester. They beat Man United at Old Trafford. Can West Ham maybe get two of these three results that no one, let's be honest, and it's not a disservice to Burnley, no one predicted Burnley to get those two results? I think, I, I mean, if I did say that, fair enough, but I think it was Bournemouth. I've thought of saying that about Bournemouth for a while. I thought they were proper dead and buried, and them and Norwich. And then I thought it was just going to be a shootout between mm. us, Aston Villa, and whoever. Yeah, maybe Burnley, but I don't think they're definite. I think with Burnley, they've got they've got a team spirit and a plan, haven't they? Mm. Not that it always necessarily comes off, but they've had a man there who you know cares about that club more than anything. He's been there for a long time. Everyone who walks through the door at Burnley knows what they're expected to do, don't they? Mm. Sean Dyche will let them know. He lets all his players know. And he admitted himself recently. He said, the the way we play, it doesn't always work every single week. But we play to the best of our... They are... Burnley are maximising their potential every single season, aren't they? They're getting the very best they can out of that football club. They get the best out of the manager. And he's an absolute master at getting the best out of that bunch of let's be honest, like not average players because they're excellent at what they do when they do it. But if you, no one would go, oh God, I'd really fancy that Dwight McNeil or Chris Wood from Burnley are probably mm. their best two players. Maybe the keeper, he's like played pretty well. But yeah, as a whole, I know it's such a football cliche, but Burnley play well as a team, don't they, as a unit. And they've got an identity and a plan and a system and everyone knows what they're doing. If you asked anyone in football, not just West Ham fans, anyone in football at all, what is West Ham's brand what is their plan what's their style under Pellegrini or Moyes their their brand plan and style is a team that has no brand plan and style isn't it <laughs> and just gets thrown out because what is it what what is it well, I mean this is I mean this issue 
with the fact that we don't really have an identity as a football club anymore runs very very deep mm. to the fact that you know even as far as our scouting system we have like what two scouts in the books it's been reported recently we've only got mm. two scouts can I just say Martin Allen who was on Last Ball Drive disputed this and said this is absolute nonsense West Ham do have more scouts than this I don't know if that's true but he did say that well maybe he said, maybe, that, he but... said I don't know where this attack on West Ham's come from he said we're not a Premier League club with two scouts that just what he said. Okay, fair enough. But uh, I mean, it seems you still yeah. you still wonder you, you still wonder about sort of what goes on in terms of the scouting network of the yeah. club because there is always a scattergun approach. There's always a, a you know we don't go into a transfer window knowing okay right we need a right back. take this transfer window think we need a right back we need a, a holding midfielder probably need a striker as well. Uh, it's taken up we've ended up having to buy a goalkeeper because the one we bought in the summer is rubbish. Um, he's fair got, enough at least we addressed right. that to be fair we've got that but we've ended up getting one that we had before that we didn't think was good enough nah, uh, and he's half injured by the way yeah um, so there wasn't really a plan there okay it ended up being a bit last minute but it wasn't really a plan there and then and they've had, a, they had long enough to, to work out they needed to buy a goalkeeper in, in January yeah um, and it's taken up until what four days before we, the end of the uh, the transfer window we'll talk about a little bit transfers mm. after the break I'm sure but to, to potentially get a holding midfielder in there's still no striker uh, Moyes come out today and said there's no striker we're probably going to buy another striker and there's no right back um, two positions that we desperately need to do so that tells me that there's no plan in terms of right okay what players do we need to bring in to really be a success and that's like that every single transfer window even the director of football it was still a little bit scattergun wasn't it what what I think was interesting, I don't know if either of you heard it, Joe Cole was talking on the topic yeah. the other day and he spoke quite strongly, to be fair to him, and which was that was quite refreshing to see. And he, he sort of said it out. And Steve McManaman chimed in and a lot of the stuff was a bit like, oh, this is. it sounded like a, a bloke who's just read a few headlines about West Ham was churning them out. But McManaman just brought it back to Liverpool, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what he did say, he did mention it there. He just said there doesn't really seem any in the players that, you know, which I think you can do whether you're West Ham intensive or not. So McManaman, whether he watches West Ham, I don't suppose he does that much, but he's just by looking at the players we've brought in, he said it himself. He said it's really just bizarre. He said there's no real, it's not like some clubs have got a policy of bringing in players towards the end of their career or younger players they want to develop. He said, you know, you'll have some who are like the right backs are such a classic example. You've got Zabaleta, who's such a slow, old, technical player, if you like. And then Fredericks, who's basically a winger. Left-back is exactly the same. You've got Cresswell, who like, can drop in and play as a centre-half, much more defensive player. And then you've got another glorified left-winger to replace him in Masuaku. It, like, it just seems odd. Where you've got, you haven't got players that slot in and play the same system. What You look at the great teams, Manchester City and Liverpool. They play the exact same way, don't they? Whoever is on the pitch. That they they've got like ready-made replacements, if you like, like poor man's versions, mm. granted, but they've got kind of the same version. The, the system and style stays the same, yeah. doesn't it? It's just all, the all the time. components just slip in. But you're you've got like a Divakarigi is kind of like a bit of a poor man's version. He's like pacey and athletic, isn't he? And I just think we haven't got you've got if if Fredericks comes out, we're used to just say Fredericks plays a stream mm. of games. The players get used to having a rapid right back so they can put balls in the channels and he can get down the wings and he can attack. And then you've got, a, if he gets injured or suspended, and you've got to play with Zabaleta next week, and the whole system changes, <laughs> changes doesn't, everything, it? doesn't it? Yeah. Of course it does. I mean, you look with the centre forwards. Sebastian Haller, 
45 million quid, supposed to be really good, supposed to be really good because last year he played with someone else, so we haven't bought a partner for him, just thrown him up there on his own. But if he gets injured, who's our sub or our replacement? Albion Ayeti, five foot four well, they, inch bloke who's nothing like Haller whatsoever. But this this backs it all up is that you know they went from they went from going for the. the the, the Spanish lad or the Uruguayan lad in the, in the summer Gomez Maxi Gomez, Gomez, Maxi yeah. Gomez and then that with and then when he went somewhere else they ended up going to Seb Haller two very very different strikers no plan mm. very very clearly no plan or structure in, in, in terms of what they're trying to do yes yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting point that Will made there I do think there's not and James saying it there there is no plan with the board and that recruitment and talking obviously the scouting network there's so much to talk about we're going to be talking about transfers West Ham posting a loss today we'll tell you how much in just a second and looking at Billich's return Love Sport you're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me Charlie Hawkins joined in the studio with We Are West Ham James Jones and Will Pugwell the fallout like I said is happening right here we talked a little bit about that Leicester game we're going to cover the West Brom game Billich's return marking West Ham's exit in the FA Cup three years running that they have crashed out in the fourth round not good enough on the weekend and obviously big news today West Ham posting financial losses of just over 25 million plans the club saying it is a necessity that they stay in the Premier League well maybe they'll need to be spending a little bit more money to do so but we just spoke about the scouting network so much there is need to be said and covered on the hammers and you can have your say tonight tweet us at Lovesport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558 James just quickly then before we look at that massacre on the weekend the West Brom game because I know you put out a few tweets that maybe got a little bit of traction I'm not sure you can tell me a little bit about that in a minute but when Will mentioned Bournemouth, you know, hurtling towards that relegation fight, Norwich are in it, you know, Villa, Watford, a team that maybe had a, a new manager bounce. Everyone's mentioning the teams in and around there. After that game with Leicester, West, West Ham were just outside the relegation places on goal difference. But it may sound silly, but no one's really mentioning when they go, oh, those teams in a relegation fight. No one's really mentioning West Ham. Is that because they believe this is a blip and they'll get out of it? Or that actually we're going under the radar and we're in real, real danger here? I, I mean, personally, I think we're going under the radar a little bit. I was talking to a couple of guys at work earlier mm. and they were like, West Ham won't go down. Well, this, this is what, what I mean. talking about West Ham yeah. won't go down. It's like, well, well, trouble is you're not really seeing it from, from our point of view. It's not just a shambles on the pitch; it's a shambles off the pitch. You know, when it takes, you know, to the what, what is it? What is it? The twenty eighth of January to make your first proper signing of the window when you you're in a relegation battle. For me, that that's a really worrying sign that they've got no idea what direction they you know they're taking this football club. Um, and that's not a dig at David Moyes because I think David Moyes is coming to a very very difficult situation. Um, and I don't blame him for the way it's gone since he's taken over the club. Uh, I think, you know, okay, injuries have been, been a bit of a problem. Um, and, you know, he's quite clearly having a having a battle behind the scenes to be able to bring in the players he wants to bring in to, to let him do his job properly. Mm. Um, but, there, you know, it's still very tight down there. I think, was it eight points between, like, eighth and it's where ridiculous. we are? Yeah, Burnley have had um, them two wins and now they're four points off fifth. Exactly. And it, it's crazy. So, yeah, it could take us a couple of wins and suddenly we're back in for a fight for a top ten finish. <laughs> but it's where those two wins come from. And given our fixture is coming up, you know, it's very difficult to see where that comes from. You know, Liverpool on Wednesday night, very, very, very unlikely. Um, Brighton, we haven't beaten them since they come up to the Premier Wouldn't League. Wouldn't it be typical West Ham that after all this, and then Liverpool have won 23 out of 24 league games, 
West Ham beat them. Well, I mean, I was going to say this, and you know, I mentioned this, this to you earlier. It would be typical West Ham if we did get something. I'm not saying we'd win. Yeah. We've got something against Liverpool. But what will happen is we'll get something against Liverpool, and then we'll go and lose, lose it out to Burnley Very on West Ham. That, that's what West Ham do. That's what West Ham do. We've done that <laughs> in my entire life. I'm not saying... I mean, I'm fully expecting us to get battered 7-0 by Liverpool and then lose 1-0 in the last minute against Brighton. I mean, I'm, that's what I'm expecting. But I would not be surprised in the slightest if we nicked a point against Liverpool and then lost lost to Brighton. Because, you know, that's West Ham. Every single West Ham fan listening to this will be like, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. Apart from you, Will. <laughs> Who now enters I'm, the conversation? I, I'm just surprised you think we'll hold on till 90 minutes before Brighton scored their first one. <laughs> All right, well, 88th minute. Uh, if, if we, I don't, if, if we win or if we get anything against Liverpool, I'll eat my shoe. <laughs> just, you you can, can we clip that you up? Can, yeah, can we get that? Can that yeah. one can, I mean, <laughs> I know what you mean, and I do like those age-old, uh, typical West Ham. But, but that's what we, you we, you say if we want to make it positive. What we've got nothing to hold on to. We no, don't want to be broken records. Right. The West Ham way, don't we? It's the West Ham way. Oh goodness me! Please Perhaps give us something. Like Jason Will. Cummins from Shrewsbury on loan. <laughs> you can bang a couple against them. No, but I think you know what. Right. So we were talking about this at the weekend. Went to the game with my dad and. uh we were just sitting watching it all, all play out in front of us and just saying, you know, I haven't seen it this bad for, for a very long time. And I think that the last time we were in this sort of relegation scrap, if you like, and then got out of it was obviously that famous great escape season. But in that year then, what we were saying, the difference was you had some players in that team who cared. You had James Collins, Bobby Zamora, Mark Noble, and, you had, and then you had Tevez mm. in Leaders, the squad. characters. Exactly. All right, Tevez hadn't made it good quite when we were getting into the trouble, but you felt... The, and Robert Green in goal as well, you, you felt you had players in that team who, you know what, actually, it might not be going right for them at the moment, but they, they care about this and they can dig us out of this. If, if ever there was a group of players who could and you sprinkle in that little bit of Carlos Tevez magic and you think, you know what, you sort of believed it. I mean, who have we got? Who's going to come up with something like that? Who's going to, A, dig in, because I think we can tell from the past few weeks slash months performances and this is what Joe Cole was alluding to a bit I think he said that he's seen so many players come through when he was at the club and since that come through West Ham I think he used the word on a jolly and they come and have a six month holiday in London he said and you look at you look at the team now and whether they're doing that or not I don't know but you, who's going to dig in for you who cares as much mm. as as the fans do because last time we got ourselves out of a predicament like this you had those players I've just mentioned there in the team who did care at least half of the squad or the half of the first 11, quality aside, cared enough about getting us out of that quagmire that we're in. Now, who do you look to? Declan Rice has looked a shadow of his former self, and I think it's unfair to put so much pressure on a man so young anyway. Fabianski's good, but the 10 players in front of him, he might be able to save a few, but if you get peppered with 25 shots in a game, doesn't matter how good you are, what goalkeeper you are, some of them are going to go in. Who who is it on the on the pitch that you think ah oh, he's like, all right? Certainly, I mean you, you back Snodgrass to to fight your corner. Yep. Um, Martin Noble, obviously. I mean Aaron Creswell potentially. Hmm. Um, but then you start you you've named two players and you started scratching already, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Ogbonna's Og, Og been there for how long now? Nearly five years, I think. Ogbonna's been there. That, yeah. And you think for one of our sort of longest serving players, I know he's never really potentially been that sort of tight, but you think. You know what, do you, come on, like you've been here five years, you should mm. be one of us by now, you should be mm. part of this. But do you feel like he is? Not particularly. No. Balbuena at the weekend, 
just shambles. You know, I know he hasn't been there for very long. Zabaleta, he would probably have that heart, but the man is 75 years of age now, mm. just hasn't got it in his legs still. Uh, Lanzini, even, I think, but I honestly think now that the the weight of the situation and the environment in which these players are being asked to perform in, players, young men, you've got to remember, Lanzini particularly, Declan Rice, and the players that you'd look to for a bit of heart and for something a bit special. I just think the weight of the whole situation they're being asked to perform in is weighing down on them now and just crushing any of that spark or any of that energy that might have been able to help us out. Well, on the game then, obviously, uh, West Brom on the weekend, fourth round of the FA Cup. We know what's happened in the past two seasons. We know what's happened earlier on in the season against Oxford. A great chance to go forward. Virtually, you both said uh, the strongest lineup that maybe West Ham could have picked on the day. James, we have to come to it. Obviously, no shots on target till 10 minutes to go. Just obviously, it, it was just a strange, strange performance, a woeful performance, even Will said. But for you, the worst performance you've seen <laughs> uh, uh, go into the games. And obviously, like you said, recency bias, you can name a few. But on the on the surface of it at the minute, just absolutely, and, and without sugarcoating it, terrible. I think when when you consider the fact it was almost a first-team squad, mm. we've, okay, we, you know, there's a number of injuries uh, to a lot of our first-team players at the moment that prevented, prevented it from being a fully like, first-team squad. But, you know, half our young players are all out on loan at the moment, so there were really no youngsters involved. Um, even the youngsters on the bench didn't even get a, didn't even get a sniff. It was a it was a, a bunch of first team West Ham United footballers up against a second string West Brom team, Championship West Brom team, uh, for for twenty five minutes without the ten men. Who were also struggling for form in the league going into it, and without winning six league games. Um, and you know you'd expect a, a far better performance. You know the fact that David Moyes was forced into making three substitutions at half time. Because it was that bad, <laughs> yeah, right? Weird. And it was yeah. that bad. Where's the application? Says, says Where's the all. fight? Well, I mean, this is, goes back to exactly what Will said. There is no fight in a lot of those players. The fact that I mean, Mark Noble said it right at the end after the game. He said, "Yeah, this football club, uh, the standard it standard it's in, should not be relying on a thirty-three-year-old Mark Noble to come on half time to change a, change an FA Cup tie against lower league opposition, a second-string lower league opposition." Why are we in this position where we've had to come on? And he played particularly, he played all right when he came on. Think, he, was, yeah. he was the only one that really looked like right. he wanted to do something. Um, but w- we shouldn't have been in that situation. If anything, given his age, he shouldn't have been needed on Saturday. Yeah, okay, make up the numbers on the bench. He shouldn't have been needed. The fact we had to bring him on at half time for 45 minutes to try and you know get us out of trouble says all you need to know about how bad it was. Um, yeah, there probably have been worse, worse performances. Um, but it's... You know, if we'd have lost that game three two, it was a really good game of football. West Brom had to fight, we had to fight, and then West Brom nicked it to death. I would, I'd have been like, okay, fair enough, fair enough. We've been beaten on the day. West Brom weren't even that good, were but they, they? But they, they didn't just... even have to play well. Yeah, West Brom didn't even have to play well, and even when they went down to ten men, it like, didn't even have to go all oh, backs to the wall. It was like nothing really happened. I, I know I've asked you this question on the show before, and I know obviously what's happened with the recruitment and the board and everything. But how have we come from pre-season? I remember one of the first shows, Will going, oh, "Do we care much? Do we look into pre-season friendlies? How much do they mean?" And going, "We can't wait for this year. You know, the strongest uh, eleven that we've ever put out, our strongest squad. We're really expecting much." So now sitting in January, we're going, "We're in this relegation fight. We're sounding like broken records. You know, it's not going well." 
well. How have we gone from there to there on the pitch? Because you mentioned there, there was a sprinkle of Tevez. There was those players that could get us out of it. But these are the same players that we thought this is the strongest West Ham team that we'd ever seen in the Premier League. Where's it all gone wrong, Will? Uh, Oh, goodness me. (laughs) Where do you start? I don't... I honestly don't know. I just, I really, you, you Sorry, can't put your finger on it. Sorry. No, but you can't put your finger on it, can you? You look at the beginning of the season. I remember thinking, I think we nicked a point at Brighton and I think Javier Hernandez scored yeah. the equaliser. Can't we miss him? But no, I think Hernandez scored and we really didn't deserve deserve anything from the game. And there was another game around that sort of time where I think we nicked a point away. It might have been, I remember Villa we played earlier on in the, yeah, yeah. the season and we didn't really deserve anything. And you thought, oh, you know what? And I think we were guilty at the time. I definitely was. I know you were as well. We were guilty of the time of of looking and going, ah, oh, brilliant, and putting a positive spin on it and going, ah, oh, brilliant, this is the sign because we'd never do this. Declan Rice came out after the Villa game, said we'd have lost that last season, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, we won't okay, get too ahead yeah. of ourselves. It's exactly. Man United. They're rubbish. Yeah, yeah. We should be beating them. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, but the the games, no, I think the more where we snuck a point or two where we shouldn't have, you think, ah, oh, we would have lost them last year. And phrases like that make you forget about the fact you've been the second best team for 75 minutes. So mm. I think earlier in the season, mm. we were perhaps papering over the cracks a little bit with a few results. And I just think the, the chickens have gradually come home to roost. Or the pigeons or whatever bird it is that's supposed to go in that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> and yeah, I, I think that's what it is. And then I think it's one of those snowball effects, isn't it? The the environment, the club, the management, and the whole thing just turns toxic and keeps going and going and going. And there's just been no break. Well, before I uh, allow James the chance to reply, well, it is chickens, you were correct. But we are going to look at some transfers. And James, I want you to stew on that for just a second because I want you to know what is it that we think potentially has gone wrong? But what do you think has gone wrong? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 This is Love Sport. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. Well, this was the only carrot to get James to come today. He's had enough. He's off the West Ham bandwagon. He doesn't want to rile up any more fans. He's seen far too much of that fantastic football this year. He's gone on to bigger and better things. Well, it is the favourite. It's the rogue players. West Ham mystery players quiz. The quiz is three West Ham mystery players. Five clues. The clues get easier as I go on. The first person to get that wins the point. Three points on offer. We're hoping for a victory tonight. Obviously, the scores will are currently James is winning 8-5 on game weeks overall and the points difference which only really matters if we're drawing on game weeks, sits at 22-16 to James. So the goal a healthy for... lead. Well, you uh, obviously everyone who listens will remember, Charlie, I was, of course, 4-1 down at one stage, managed to claw it back to 4 all. I just like to keep the fans entertained so it's not a Liverpool whitewash, you know? Um, um, <laughs> Liverpool whitewash. Uh, unbelievable. Well, uh, uh, I'm feeling like Will needs to get back into it because James is starting maybe to just... I don't want to say run away with it, but uh, 8-5 is a healthy lead. But you never know what happens. And this is your first West Ham Mystery Player. Fingers on the buzz. If you're playing at home, please tweet us your answers at Love Sport Radio. Player number one, clue number one. Signed by John Lyle for 300,000. Clue number two. Debut was in April 1988. <laughs> I wasn't even born then. Clue so number the three. First one. <laughs> well, if you weren't, obviously neither was I. 
all right. <laughs> all right, you, you older, <laughs> you're old, you OAP. <laughs> Clue number three. Last goal for West Ham was against Swansea in 1999. Clue number... Steve Potts? That is incorrect. Clue number four. Last player to score in front of the cop. Clue number five. Best left back of all time. Julian Dix. For West Ham. And that is correct. Oh, and that is Will 1, James Neal. But James, as always, there are two players still you can claim victory tonight in the Rogue Players West Ham Mystery Players Quiz. Player number two. Clue number one. Career began at Crewe in 1982. Jeez, what is it with all these 80s? Well, I'm born then. Yeah. Oh, I was. <laughs> Clue number two. Joined West Ham on loan in December 1996. Clue number three. Played seven games for West Ham. So a real legend. Clue number four. Managed Luton, Hartlepool and Grimsby. Would managed. Be, managed Luton, Hartlepool and Grimsby. Would be quite known for the time of managing Luton as well. Ah, right, go on. Won the Premier League with Blackburn. Daly? No. no. Oh. Craig Forrest? No. Rob Lee? No. Blimey. Craig Forrest? Scored a goal against Arsenal when they didn't have that stand and had that naughty painting. <laughs> do you remember that Muriel they had? The Muriel? Yeah, do you remember it? <laughs> Ah, right, go on, recap on the clues. Right, career began at Crewe, 1982. Joined West Ham on loan in December 1996. Played seven games for West Ham. Managed Luton, Hartlepool, Grimsby. Won the Premier League with Blackburn Rovers. Do you want to bank player two and go on to player three? Yeah, yeah go on. Player three it is. Clue number one. Uh, if you do know player two, you can get involved tonight. But player number three, clue number one. Born in Spain. Should narrow it down. <laughs> Clue be German or something, isn't he? <laughs> Clue number two. Debut was against Crystal Palace in 2014. Oh, no. Oh, um, Kepa Blanco? No. Clue number three. Only played three games for West Ham. <laughs> so, him and player two are full ten appearances yeah. for the Ants. <laughs> Good them. <laughs> Clue number four. Represented England and Uruguay at youth level. Guillermo Franco? No. What? Don't know. You, oh, I thought you'd get it on that because it's clue number five. His dad won the FA Cup. You're going to both be annoyed when you hear this. Uh, the producer Kieran has got that right, and he doesn't know the answers. Go on, recap. Recap. Born in Spain, debut was against Crystal Palace in 2014. Only played three games for West Ham. Represented England and Uruguay. Louis Jimenez? No. Oh, <laughs> Represented whatever. England, Uruguay, youth level. His dad won the FA Cup. With West Ham? Not with West Ham, no. Well, this is hard, this one. Proper. I mean, she's making fantastic His dad yeah. played for Chelsea and Spurs. I'm, I'm giving you added clues now. We've had a really bad day. Yeah, we? I mean, ten appearances between two players is a little bit right. Can we? I mean, this is really. Right, what, you want to stand player three? You want to go to player two? What's the matter with you do, two, James? 
Player two. Yeah, go back to right, player two. Career began at Crew 1982. Joined West Ham on loan in December 1996. Played seven games for West Ham. Managed Luton, Hartlepool, Grimsby. Won the Premier League with Blackburn Rovers. Can we have another clue though? Well, there's no clues there. I will have to think of my own. I told you scored against Arsenal when it was that <laughs> Muriel. Muriel, yeah. Uh, I don't know why that sticks in my head. Wait, I need to get some clues if possible. But I will read you. Uh, signed, uh, career began at Crew 1982. I keep thinking, no, it can't be him. You played for West Ham in 96 for seven yeah. games. Talk, you're going to have to Mike talk Newell. That is correct. Who? <laughs> that yes. is correct. Who? Yes. Career began at Crew 1982. Joined West Ham on loan in December 1996. <laughs> played seven games for West Ham. Managed Luton, Hartlepool, Groomsby. Won the Premier League with backburn Mike Newell. Did you see his notes? Nah. Just... I'm just really good at... Um, yeah, yeah, remembering old Luton managers. Right. No, I just remember Blackburn squad. I'm, uh, ask me anything about Blackburn squad when they won the league and I'll know nothing. So. Yeah, de definitely. All right, player number three, come on. And I've gave you added clues. Born in Spain, debut was against Crystal Palace in 2014. Only played three games for West Ham. Represented England and Uruguay at youth level. That's a key clue. Elliot Be Lee... No, no. He's that Elliot Leave representing England and Uruguay. Yeah, really Uruguay You're really that, snatching now. Uh, <laughs> Poyet, Diego Poyet. That is oh, correct. Is and it is yeah. two one to Will oh, as blimey, one. That, that is the end that. of the quiz. That was. What's the matter with you two? Mike Neal's got to be the worst. I think that was a great just one. Just quickly, Reese. That is the worst one he's ever come up with. And you noticed that whenever Will don't get it, they're the worst. I'm going to make a claim here. I think that's the best. One, anyone's guest. Nah, obviously we all had no was. idea. Yeah. You had no idea. We know. <laughs> yeah, that was better than your uh, Mark Reaper. We Mark, all know no, that. No, Universally no, accepted no, as the I best think, one. I, I think Mike Noel might be the best. And then <laughs> words from Reese's mouth last week. Jordan Spence was the hardest one he said he's ever done. I like Mark Noel. Mike, Mike, yeah, Mark Noel. <laughs> Mike Noel. I've got his name already. <laughs> yeah, Mark I love Margaret. Margaret Noel. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not been funny. We said. Remember, I was, I was three weeks behind last time, James. That's when I started to come back. And well, yes, it's now eight six there's only two games and it's still a big cushion there uh, obviously we're staying around for another half an hour James is leaving us unbelievable he just wins and then he just like waltzes uh, out or something well, he loses and waltzes out oh yeah he lost yeah, Sorry, I'm done you know I know you're used to giving the victories to James <laughs> Charlie. moral yeah. victory I'm leaving after that defeat I'm never wearing this jumper again because you don't like it in fact James I don't want you to uh, think we're, we're doing the opposition view without you so just quickly on Liverpool and on Brighton two quick score predictions for you before we get some guests on to actually talk about those games uh, do you know what I've and I've said I think we'll beat Liverpool 1-0 <laughs> <laughs> <And, laughs> right, no, right, give him a goal 2-1 uh, and we'll uh, we'll lose to Brighton two one. <laughs> <laughs> Typical West Ham. That's what we do. It's the West Ham way. Well, this is the West Ham way, and we are West Ham as we are. Ev we're here every week, but there's a little special something today because we're going on for another thirty minutes. We're going to be doing a full preview of the Liverpool and Brighton games. Love sports. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with Will Pugh. We've unbelievably, we've lost James Jones. He's left the building for the night. He can talk about West Ham no longer. The fallout, that's how bad it got. Weirdly, I'm getting to hear this music at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday. We're just more West Ham, Will. There's never enough West Ham. I'm normally walking towards the station with Jonesy 
absolutely fuming with the quiz, saying, oh, we've got to get rid of Reese. We've got to get someone else in. This is ridiculous. But no, this week, buzzing. Happy days. Oh, so Reese can stay. Yeah, he can <laughs> yeah, this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And Mark, Mike Newell, no, I'm not having that. I thought that was class. Nah, that's got to be the worst one he's ever come up with. He's come up with a couple of sketchy ones. I feel like now... You only doing... say that when you don't get it right, though. No, but I actually won this week, so I feel like it's better to stay true to what I believe and criticise him, even though he helps out the show week in, week out, and it's probably the best feature that we do, and we couldn't do without him. I'm still going to go for him. It's, I'm going to go there. I'm going to be bold. It's not the best feature on this show, Bob. probably all of the fan shows. <laughs> it's, it's the best feature. It's sad that it comes Tuesday and I have a very long week to go after it, but uh, we do enjoy the quiz. Well, hopefully you stay with us because Will will be giving us a preview of sorts. Two games for us to look at. Liverpool tomorrow night. We know how well they're going. They play West Ham. It couldn't be going any worse for West Ham. A real opposites one then. And then Brighton will be talking about that in 15 minutes because obviously uh, Andy Naylor, the Brighton reporter for The Athletic, will be joining us to give us a full and proper opposition view. Will, we're doing something special now because you're going to have your say on the Liverpool game, but Kieran Critchard will be joining us, a Liverpool fan in the studio, to have his say on his beloved team. Of course, he supports Liverpool. He, he's from London. You know, yeah. he lives 500 miles away, so he has to support. Uh, I think he supports the Patriots. Just glory hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah know. you, you yeah, know yeah, the yeah. fan. Yeah, we'll get him on anyway. He can have his say. But before we let him speak, we may give him a minute or so. Liverpool tomorrow night. Can West Ham do it? How do they do it? You know what, mate? I think with with the Liverpool game, and I think and I'm going to speak generally here because it would be easy for me, as I'm sure a lot of fans are doing, to just write the game off already. And I honestly think this is sort of what's... Uh, people and the fans are falling out of love with the league a little bit now with games like this because you've got at least two Man City are an absolute stalwart of a football team as mm. well I know they haven't been quite up to it this year but that, that gives you at least four games out of your season where fans just shrug their shoulders and go nah what's the point almost, yeah. not, almost not even worth talking about do you know what I mean and I think Really, and when I started watching football, I'm sure it was similar for you at West Ham, even when Manchester United, who were in their absolute pomp. Absolutely. They were, you know, they were sweeping aside all comers. But what people don't realise, Ferguson, a lot of the leagues he won, was never by the huge margins that you see and that we're certainly going to see this season. I know it's historic because Liverpool haven't won it for a while. But the margin they're going to win it by, it's going to be a huge anti-climax. And I honestly think games like this and teams having the ability to be so strong and throw so much money at it and just have a monopoly over all of the good players it really is sort of one of the worst things about modern day football because I'm and James said it earlier on he might not appreciate me (laughs) repeating it but he said you know he, he would only be going for Liverpool to watch Liverpool and there really is that sense a lot of people I've had a few texts today ask people ask me for spare tickets and you know, it's because they want to go and watch the team who are going to win the Premier League. It's not really because they feel like you used to in the old days when Man U would come to town. You'd think, you know what, it doesn't matter. I know they're really good, but we'll give them a game here. We've got half a chance. And I think, honestly, I might be completely wrong, but I, I sort of feel like you, you write it off already and you kind of, if, if you can limp away with just a 2 0 defeat, then you kind of go, oh, that's all right. Well, uh, before we get into that Liverpool game, Will, I have to give you credit because, you know, it's not it's not going the greatest for the Hammers this season. We're trying to have a positive show, but uh, this may be will be a positive moment for the show. We just had a text in, uh, this one from Darren, saying, this show 
is what I live for. Thank you so much for putting it on. It's brilliantly entertaining all round. I think the obvious thing is we're going to end up beating Liverpool and then we'll end up losing to Brighton. As you guys have said, typical West Ham. I went to the Cup game on Saturday and it was the worst performance I've ever seen from a West Ham team. So the good thing is it can only get better from here on in. Come on, you Irons. Darren from Surrey. Uh, this is what the, the guys live for. Will, no, the job's done, mate. Yeah, to be honest. No, <laughs> Cheers, we, Darren. <laughs> we, do, we do appreciate messages like that, and we've said it before, because it, it, it becomes a bit of a, you know, it does become a bit of a, a bit of a slog. It's the same mm. for everyone. You know, to be honest, we've said it before, Charlie. Me and James are just two, two West Ham fans sitting in here. We just happen to have a, a big pair of headphones and a microphone in front mm. of us. These are conversations that we know, you know, I have them with my, with my dad and my family, and we know all my mates have the same conversations. That's what we're doing. So, yeah, I mean, thanks to Darren for the for the kind message. And Absolutely. That, yeah, that, you know what? That's probably been... Well, if it wasn't for the quiz win, that would have been the best thing about the show for me. <laughs> Second best yeah. thing. Top two. But no, I've, I think... that I, To be honest, I find it... If James was here, I think he'd probably jump on board, as you heard him earlier, with, mm. the, with the Liverpool. And it'll be typical West Ham to beat Liverpool. I just, I just find it hard to believe, mate. Honestly, and you know it's really tough. And that's what I was saying to James earlier on. I sat at that game, the West Brom game on Saturday. I went with my dad. And you know, I, I, so we just we just had a laugh. We had a good day together mm. because and that's why now we've it's always become about football. that. But honestly, mate, that's yeah. literally why he, we spoke to each other. I, I left my ticket last minute. We were in and iron about going, and I spoke to him on the morning. I said, "Oh, go on, it'd be nice to see you." Just went and had a nice lunch, caught up, and had a laugh. Yeah. And then the game, we were just sitting there. We knew what was going to happen before, mate. We knew what was going to happen, and you sit there and watch it play out. And we, it's at that stage now where we were just shrugging at the end, where we were like, "Yeah, well, we kind of we knew that was going to mm. happen, but it was nice to see you." But that's that's the worst thing because people go, oh, how was the football? You go, oh, the fo- uh, oh, that was rubbish. But uh, a great time with the old man. We had a pint, we had a bit of food, and then the football is very secondary, and that's almost when you know that this season that, that the passion's even gone for the fans. Just before we bring Kieran in, then obviously Liverpool. I don't think they can go unbeaten. I, I don't know. I don't think that can can ever happen again. I know one team's done it, so of course it can happen. But maybe, like you said, they've won it. It's an anticlimax. Will their eye be taken off the ball? Because they surely will have to have a slip. And if they do have a slip, why not tomorrow? Why not West Ham? I still think that... I just don't know what we're bringing to the party, mate. I, mm. I think you saw it at West Brom on Saturday, like James mentioned. It was virtually our strongest team. I know the subs he made at half-time. You take Bale Buena off... And put Ogbonna in. Yeah, it was Diop who started, wasn't it? And really, there shouldn't be much between them. There wasn't. There was a time not too long ago where Balbuena and Diop were. Balbuena was the general, and everyone mm. loved him, and he was. He was one of the main two at the And other clubs were coming in for him, exactly. supposedly. Yeah. We were doing that transfer talk. Exactly <laughs> that, yeah. So I, I think you've got virtually our strongest team there. If they can't give West Brom a game, the only slight glimmer of hope that I might be clinging on to is that because it's Liverpool coming to town, all of those players who clearly don't, or a lot of them, who don't like playing mm. there anymore, will think... The eyes of the world are going to be on this game, and if I have a decent, if I put a shift in here, someone might notice me because when I'm playing West Brom at home on a chilly Saturday in January in the FA Cup, no one's watching other than the sixty thousand people in the ground, but no one who matters to them, i.e., someone who might give them a move elsewhere in the summer. But Wednesday, that won't be the case, will it? Everyone will be watching. They'll be watching the league, the league winners in waiting playing in a stadium in London, blah, blah, blah. That's the only glimmer I think they might up their game because it's Liverpool and I hope someone notices them. Well, we hope so. World champions, European champions, Liverpool. It is our Liverpool correspondent is Kieran Critchard. Kieran, obviously you're... 
Obviously, I know straight away we'll say your team will not blink. They will go undefeated and tomorrow will surely be a routine win for Liverpool. I think we can. I don't think we will go unbeaten because over 38 games, you only need one bad day or one person to be sent off and that unbeaten season could go. And also, and I'm not trying to devalue Arsenal's unbeaten season, but you go back to that point, you had three, four really good sides and then a lot a lot of average sides. Whereas now, you've got the established big six, then you've got Wolves, you've got Leicester to add into that mix. All it requires is just one off day and potentially, and I don't want, I know people are trying to get Liverpool fans to say the season, the title is done. We should win it, but I'm not going to say those words. That if we do have the title sewn up with five, six games to go, then there w- might be that tendency, especially if we're still in the Champions League, there might be that tendency to either rest players or just have an off day. So I think we're capable. I just don't think we will. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's, it, obviously, you want to go unbeaten, but it's, it's not going to devalue the importance of winning the title. You're not going to, you won't lose that record Wednesday, though, will you? I don't think so. Although in it, last year, that was one of our worst performances all season at the London Stadium. It was a Monday night. At Bit the of controversy of, as well. End, robbed, end, of, we? <laughs> end of January, beginning of February. Our goal was offside, if I remember right. Only, and Milner, when he crossed it, was only offside. Only by about seven yards. To <laughs> only be fair. by about a mile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so then, hard. and then we, we, we switched off when West Ham had a good free kick move just outside our penalty area. And we were, we were awful. And that was at a time where we drew against Leicester a matter of days before that we had a seven point lead and then that just kind of massively decreased in the space of two games and that was one of our worst performances also I'm a bit annoyed about facing Mikel Antonio he always seems to get a goal against Liverpool no matter whether it's home or away Upton Park London Stadium Anfield he does score a goal and and I'd be be very surprised if Antonio I'm not sure what his fitness is like but I'd be very surprised if he didn't start tomorrow for West Ham he came on at the he was one of the three changes Moyes made at half time against West Brom and he, right at the beginning, the first five or ten minutes, he, he he picked up the ball. We literally sprinted the whole end of the pitch with uh, with the ball at his feet. And then I said to my dad soon after, I said, I think he's injured there because he, he disappeared for the rest of the half. He knew that we'd made three subs after 45 minutes and that Moyes wasn't going to be able to do anything anyway. And after a really like, elaborate start where you thought, oh, he's going to try and force this game and make something happen, he barely did anything then. He became really immobile and he's not the sort of player to do that unless he had a problem and you know the he's very what well, he's notorious for being a walking hamstring or groin problem because <laughs> I mean he's got more muscles than anyone else in the planet's got anyway so one of them's bound to muscle fatigue is the <laughs> new the, the new uh, in injury at the minute Kieran you've you've heard us talk West Ham now for the last 80 minutes or so all the problems that's going on but it is at West Ham tomorrow night the game where from what you've seen of West Ham this season can West Ham actually hurt you where have Liverpool if they have been where's the vulnerabilities where is the the weakness if there is one I think one of the big ones and this is going back more first half of the season rather than the last month is lapses in concentration and it might happen 55 60 65 minutes into the game but just someone switches off and it it can be an individual that has a, a moment where he just switches off one player potentially tries to play offside when the rest aren't. So I think lapses in concentration, as I mentioned, Mikel Antonio um, will, will be a threat, as he always is against us. I think one thing that I'm sure West Ham fans are relieved about is the fact that Sadio Mane is not going to be available because up against... Is that Defo? That, is yeah, that certain? He's, that? he's ruled out for tomorrow, pretty unlikely for the weekend, up against Zabaleta. And, and, and I think, actually, I know Mo Salah usually plays on the right. 
I'd be throwing him on the left-hand side and just running him out because Ryan Fredericks is injured. So Zabaleta is going to start. I'd be putting as much pace down that side as possible, trying to well, just run in behind. said, didn't you, Will? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm absolutely gutted to hear the news that Sadio Mane, my triple <laughs> captain in fantasy football this that's week. That's what is, you really care that's, about. That's <laughs> the thing that's got my ground, my gears the most. I think as far as the West Ham game goes, I don't think it matters too much who who plays. Honestly, I know it sounds, I'm, I'm depressing myself saying all of this stuff, but I just feel you've got to be realistic with it, to be honest, because... I'm, whether even you know Ryan Fredericks isn't exactly a he shouldn't be handing out defensive masterclasses left right and centre and Zabaleta again was a good player in his day his just legs are so gone now it's, it's borderline embarrassing when you watch him he's just so slow really mm. really 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 slow and I, yeah I mean you, you mentioned about Salah then he will have him in his absolute pocket but I I think it could be anyone to be quite frank well Liverpool obviously you are our special guest here and we'll give you the first chance to have your say your score prediction for tomorrow night I don't think it'll be easy I know everyone's saying that in West Ham have nothing to lose they, they absolutely don't I know that obviously West Ham fans will want something but in reality a lot of people are not expecting them to get anything so in that sense all the pressure is on Liverpool I, I think we will win I don't think I think we, we've won 10 games I think the Premier League this season by one goal so I think it's going to be by one guy. I think I think just one nil to us. I, I don't. I don't. I think it'll be one of those tough nights where it's just a case of sometimes grinding it out. And we found a way this year to do that. So, so I'd say one nil Liverpool. He's going one nil Liverpool. Will it falls to you? What are you saying? I like I like the thinking, and honestly, I. I I think it could be a Leicester Southampton earlier in the season not 9 no. not 9 no 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 not 9 but I think it could I think it could be a 5 or 6 you mentioned that there and about it being a tough night here and I think that requires at least before anything else like when I mentioned Burnley earlier on but to travel to a team who work hard and are well organized but I don't think we'll be going out with any intention of right let's put 11 men behind the ball I think it will just be the usual 11 players scattered about over the pitch with sort of no real idea what any mm. of the other ones are doing and then like you say we even if we dare to ping into Liverpool's half at all at any stage of the game we couldn't do it to West Brom till the 82nd minute whatever it was the other day if we dare move into Liverpool's half the speed on the counter attack that Liverpool have got as clearly already this season decimated even semi-decent to good teams. I think we're we're able to be picked off by woeful teams or just teams that aren't particularly good or talented this year. So I, I generally I think it's going to be a bit of a massacre, five or six. <sighs> wow, strong words from Will. That is the Liverpool preview saying uh, West Ham could be on the end of a very heavy, heavy defeat. Maybe the game that is more important or the one they're looking to is the teams in and around you. The so-called six-pointer is Brighton on the weekend and Andy Naylor is joining us for his say next. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with We Are West Ham. Obviously, a League Cup semi-final taking place as well tonight. Aston Villa are 1-0 up. Leicester just hit the bar, making a fist of it in this second leg. But we don't care, really, because we're talking everything where West Ham are concerned. We've just done a Liverpool preview. Two games for us to look at. A massive game on the weekend. It is Brighton. It's a six-pointer. It always depends on how you do with the teams in and around you. Create that gap. It is Brighton. It is huge, and we need the man for it. It is Andy Naylor, Brighton reporter for The Athletic. Andy, thank you for joining us tonight and giving us a little bit of your time. Obviously, it's massive for West Ham. It's huge for Brighton. They need this just as much. What are you making of the contest on the weekend? 
I think it is a, a huge game for both both clubs. Brighton come into it on the back of two bad results, really, two disappointing results. They drew at home 1-1 with Aston Villa when they looked in charge in the first half, were ahead at half-time, lost their way a bit in the second half, then went down to Bournemouth and again controlled the game for the first half hour. Had uh, a sort of mad five minutes, conceded two goals in quick succession, and ended up losing 3-1. So they've taken one point from those two games against two of the teams around us, around them. They've got two games coming up now, West Ham, and after that they've got Watford at home. So that, that package of four games, they really need to start picking up points from those. Andy, evening. Um, it's a strange Hi. one. You, you touched on it there, and those results recently. The Bournemouth shocked me. Not um, in Maine, to be honest, because of the shambolic form that Bournemouth had been on before, and I couldn't see anything else than a than a Brighton win. You mentioned the Villa game, one all. They lost at Everton, but it was only one nil. And drew with Chelsea in the league before that, and. The, the, you know, there's not a lot in these games. I've watched Brighton a few times this season, not as much as you, of course. But and and they look okay. They like they've got some half decent players. It, there seems to be like a an oddly positive feel around them under Potter, and it just it, it's almost a little bit of a surprise. I think certainly for me, when you look at the table and you're reminded how close to trouble they actually are. What what is it that's is that a feeling that's shared among the fans as well, or or am I, is that just an outsider's view? No, I think really the narrative of the season has been they have played some good stuff under Graham Potter. He's, he's mm. completely transformed the way they play. Uh, the setup is very flexible, very fluid. There's lots of changes in formation during a game. Different players moved into different positions, substitutes used quite early often. And there's been a lot of games. I, I go right the way back to August, the first home game of the season against West Ham was almost quite a good example. I mean, for me, Brighton should have won that game. He's they definitely, yeah. Up, they, came out, they came out of it with a 1-1 draw. There have been lots of games like that. There have been periods... They went to Crystal Palace, their, their big rivals, really played them off the park for 70 minutes. But you always had the worry they were only 1-0 up. That's 1-0, wasn't it? Yeah. Zahar and they end up 1-1. At this level, the problem Brighton have got is at this level in the Premier League, a side of their ilk is not going to dominate the game for 90 minutes. They're having good periods of games, a half, 30 minutes when they're in control. You've got to capitalise on those periods. They haven't been doing that enough. Bournemouth was a case in point. Half an hour, totally in charge, but it was nil-nil. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they've only really had one sort of real drub in this season, wasn't it? And that was away to Man City, which is no shame to anyone, of course. With looking ahead to to the weekend's game and Saturday, West Ham have sort of developed a little bit of a Brighton and like their bogey team, if you like, especially more so when Glenn Murray would just score goals against us for fun. And I, I could, looking into it, I'm I'm pretty nervous. It's such a huge game for West Ham because it's the only real winnable one that that people see we've got in amongst playing Liverpool twice and Man City thrown into the mix as well. What? How do you how do you see the game going? Are you sort of worried from a from a Brighton point of view? Well, I, I think they've got to see it as an opportunity. You, you've hinted there, you know, with West Ham the nerves if they go into that game. On, on the back of a bad result against Liverpool. I think the crowd are going to be very edgy. And also because probably the way Brighton play will make them even more edgy because Brighton will probably have a, a decent amount of the ball. 
Uh, that's the way they play now. They play out from the back, very possession-based, quite, um, you know, um, a slow build-up sometimes, but they can introduce the tempo into it as well. It just tends with Brighton to kind of fall down in the final third. It's the bit they're missing, just in the final third of the pitch, the, the final quality pass, the, the final cross, the final finish. That's that's where it's falling from if they can put that right, they'll be okay. It sounds like they've got two-thirds more of the pitch mastered than West Ham have, though, Andy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not so sure about the the, the, the uh, defensive part of Bournemouth. They, uh, they did fall apart a bit at Bournemouth uh, for a little spell there before half-time, which is generally uncharacteristic of them. Overall, Andy, a fan still buying into Grand Potter because uh, this was a man that, you know, very early on into his, his, his Brighton reign was handed a new extension. He got a, another six-year deal. A fan still seeing it that way. We know how fickle fans can be. West Ham made a new appointment. Not quite sure of David, David Moyes or the ambition of the club. Now, Brighton are in this relegation fight. Are we still, you know, on the same page with Potter here? Well, it's interesting. You know, that's fans for you, isn't it? The way things turn... You know, you go back to December and they won 2 1 at Arsenal. It's the first time they way to one of the big six. And, you know, everyone's really, really upbeat and, and kind of how much better it is than under Hutton. You know, it was boring. You didn't look forward to games. And then results go the other way and everyone's looking and saying, well, we're no better off in the table than we were on, <laughs> under Hutton. You know, the truth in between, you know, that. They're not as good as some people would like them like believe. They're not as bad as other people would like to believe. Their position probably now reflects where they're Bear in mind, it feels longer, but Graham Potter only took over in May, and he's changed a lot in a short space of time. So I think there needs to be a little bit of patience. Uh, I still feel... They'll be all right this season, but they can't take anything for granted. It's so tight uh, uh, in the bottom half, really, of the Premier League, isn't it? So. Yeah, it is. And they didn't, obviously, in what was a six-pointer for them against Bournemouth, they didn't get any points then. They're hoping for a better return on the weekend. Andy, what is your score prediction? I'm going to go, and this won't, this, won't, <laughs> this won't please the West Ham fans, but I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Brighton. Right, Andy, think, we, uh, uh, we definitely won't be inviting you back. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I'm just kidding, of course. Really good to get you on and get your insight. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on, obviously, and, and reading your articles. Brighton reporter for The Athletic there, Andy Naylor. He went with a Brighton win. We pretty much knew that, Will, but what are you going with them for the weekend? I think it's going to be one of those... I'm not going to say it's going to be terrible after. I do think we get slapped at Liverpool. I think it'd be one all against Brighton, but I think it'd be one of them where you're like, oh, all right, we haven't lost, but it wasn't enough and we, we needed more. So, yeah, I think one all. Yeah, one all. It's, it's, it's a difficult one because... I don't want to say like make or break the season, but how how are you looking at it, Will? Now you know what's going on at the minute. Are you breaking it up into little tiers, and or do you go look if we we need the three points here? Because I'm looking at the games after you mentioned the city and so on. Are you doing that now? Because it's it's almost a run to this finish. Yeah, I'm just looking at those those last six. We've got New, Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich, Watford, United, and Villa. 
I mean, th- those are they're going to be enormous games. I I, re- I don't can't see us getting any. Uh, we mentioned there about Man City and Liverpool. After that, in the next five, we've got Southampton. Okay, they're they're looking up though now. Southampton mm. at home, Arsenal away, Wolves at home, Tottenham away, Chelsea at home. I mean, another cluster of games after that against difficult, difficult teams. Uh, my, my you beat Chelsea, though. Know, it never works like that, does it? I mean, I'm asking the questions, but myself, it, it just does not work like that, football. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's coming down to those last six for me. I say Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich, Watford, United and Villa. I think it's going to be a last game of the season shootout with Aston Villa. The thing is, Charlie, I, it, is, it is difficult to, when you ask me the questions, it is difficult to dance I said it earlier on between being realistic and saying what I actually think will happen <laughs> and sort of trying to trying to remain remain upbeat there's yeah. just not a lot going on at the moment on the pitch that gives me any hope that are oh, we going to dig something out of somewhere or we've got the ability to dig in you know you know well I, I appreciate you trying to provide that little bit I'm of hope I'm with you I'm in the boat with you I'm trying I'm trying to provide that anything to but either way the, sh- the show is always upbeat I, I thank Will and James for that well this has been an extended West Ham special 90 minutes tonight maybe not the perfect time on the back of two defeats but who knows we'll give them another 90 minutes when we could be celebrating when who knows what happens maybe beating Liverpool tomorrow and then Brighton on the weekend but we will be back at the same time as we are every week Tuesday 7 to 8 right here on Last Ball Radio. Love Sports. Sports Social Podcast Network.